Hey everybody, it's Doug Bursch here and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So grace is kind of a big deal, right? We say that we're saved by grace, that grace is central to the gospel, but a lot of people don't really know what grace means, or they have a very limited understanding of grace. On today's show, we're going to talk about how grace is far more than just the absence of punishment or unmerited favor. Grace is the favor, the goodness, the glory, the power of God. Stay tuned for a message of grace. They say that I cannot do what you've called me to. It is not possible, unattainable. I will never see it through. But you've spoken by your word. Your Holy Spirit's leading me. You are my only one. You're the only one worth living for. So I'm dreams with you well hey thanks for listening to the show today so uh i'm recording this uh heading up to thanksgiving we're a couple days before actually the wednesday before thanksgiving and i'm just going to do a short show today because uh the house is a little chaotic and i record from the house and my oldest daughter is already home and uh for school they're doing a bunch of half days you know how that is where they go for like an hour then they come back and and anyway not complaining but it's really hard to fit a podcast in, but I want to get a hold of you guys before the holidays kick into full gear. Actually, they're already in full gear, aren't they? But I want to talk to you about grace. I want to encourage you with grace, and I think we have a lot of misunderstandings about grace or a limited understanding of grace. So I just want to give you just a real, just short, you say, Doug, you can't do anything short, but I'm going to try just a short message on grace, about the power of grace, and how grace is far more than just the absence of punishment or the absence of judgment that grace includes so much more. It's interesting to me when you think of grace, how grace is, what? It's one of the central themes of the scripture, and yet we don't even really use it in a lot of context. Um, You think about greetings where we'll tell people that we love you, you know, I love you, we'll use love as a greeting, we'll use other words in our common blessings of people, but we don't use grace uh, in that way. We don't say, Um, grace to you, maybe, well, there's actually a a radio show called Grace to You, but other than that, we don't use grace in our greetings. Uh, We don't, we don't use it in those ways. Like, let me, um, we just don't use it that way. Uh, The only way we use grace is we'll say, let's say grace. Uh, We, in our, in our, think about Christmas songs. Grace is a central part of the message of uh, Christmas, right? How many Christmas songs have the word grace in them? Can you think of it? I guess I shouldn't be silent for a while, but just can you think of any Christmas songs that have grace in the title? Yet grace is the central or one of the central messages of the Christmas story. We just don't use grace that often. In fact, in the modern vernacular, this is how we use the word grace. 
if if I were to use the word grace in the modern vernacular, most of the time we use grace in the terms of that I am withholding punishment or that I am keeping my patience. We use it this way, like I'm going to give you grace. You deserve to be punished. You deserve to be yelled at. You deserve some sort of consequence to come to you, but I'm going to give you grace. Your teacher says, okay, there's a grace period on this assignment, right? Uh, Or in almost all contexts that we use the term grace, we use it in the term of withholding punishment. And maybe that's why we don't use the term grace in our Christmas songs, or we don't use it in our, our love language. We don't use it in our love songs. We don't talk about how much you know, I love you because of how much grace you give to me and how much grace I give to you, because we see grace in terms of punishment. In fact, if I were to mention that for you, if I were to say, God has given you much grace, I bet you the majority of the people listening right now, when I say, God has given you much grace, you think about your sins. You think about your failings. If I ask you, do you need grace today? You might think of the ways you've failed, the ways that you've done it wrong. You might even feel bad first. Like, do you need grace today? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I need grace today, boy. Yeah. Whew. I really got in a big fight with my spouse and I haven't you know, been the best parent. And, and, and you're going, Doug, why do you always give these marriage illustrations? I'm not married. Throw, throw me a bone. Say something towards my life. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but you know who you are. You're like, come on, Doug, please, just something. So... You know, grace in that context. Uh, you know, yeah, I do need grace for how I, I judge Doug for his poor illustrations. Whatever it is, we, we tend to think of grace as I need some sort of, you know, apportioning of non-judgment. And one of the reasons we see grace almost solely, some people almost see it solely in that context, is because of this overlay of Calvinism. I'm not a Calvinist, and you can certainly listen to this program and be a Calvinist. i got friends who are Calvinists, but Calvinism works very hard to argue for this point, the point of total depravity, the point of how worthless humans are and how great God is. And so almost all theological books or theological arguments from Calvinists spend much of their time talking about the worthiness of God and the worthlessness of humans, how humans are, you know, the worthless gnat on the butt of a donkey kind of thing. And They spend a lot of time focusing in on that. And so grace has been talked about in those terms. That grace in Calvinist doctrine books, in Calvinist theology, is almost always spoken of that God's grace is the fact that we deserved punishment, that we were wicked, that we were lost in our sins, and so God took that punishment upon himself. Now that is a part of God's grace. Certainly God's grace is that he took a punishment upon himself, or that he did, you know, it, people say, well, it, didn't, it isn't that he didn't punish our sins, but that he took uh, the punishment of our sins uh, upon the cross. And it wasn't because he's this mean God who just wants to punish people. It's that he knew that we wanted justice for our own sins. Uh, people forget that. It's not that we have some mean God who just likes to punish people. It's like, I wanted to be made right. I know the things that I did were wrong. And I knew that I couldn't make my life right. And I knew that sin deserves punishment, that that the sins done to me deserve punishment, that the rapists, the abusers, the, 
the murderers, that there needs to be justice for those sins. But also the things that I've done in life, they need justice. And you can overlook those things and I can overlook those things, but there needs to be justice. And so Jesus took me at my desire and said, I want to bring justice to your sins. And Doug, you can't bring justice to that because to bring justice to that would be death. And you can't do that, Doug. So I'm going to provide a way. I'm going to be just and justifier. I'm going to love you and bring you life, but I'm going to die to those sins. So he both loved me and he died to my sins. So that's a loving God. That's not an angry God who who harms me, who just wants to go out and murder people. That's a God who loves me. But what happens in Calvinist theology is there's this strong push towards that grace is about the removal of punishment. And that's almost all what you what people talk about, just the removal of punishment. In fact, you might have heard people say this, that grace is unmerited favor, and that's a way to talk about it. But even calling grace unmerited favor, that focuses on the human condition, that we did not deserve favor, but God gave us favor. It was unmerited, right? But God gave us favor. But that is not the full extent to what grace is. Grace is far more than that. And you could just do your own word study and see that. You don't, and I don't mean word study by reading a theology definition of grace, but just by reading all the different contexts of how grace is used in Archaeus is used in the New Testament. But I want to read just one context where it's used in John. In the beginning of John, grace is used to describe the ministry of Jesus. And the ministry of Jesus is described as grace, and grace is far more than just the removal of punishment. It is actually something more than that. And he says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And this is John 1.14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we all have received grace upon grace, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth come from Jesus Christ. So you see it mentioned there four times that Jesus came to bring grace and truth, grace upon grace, that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So the only God, Jesus Christ, who is from the beginning, has made God known, and he has made God known by bringing grace and truth. John starts his gospel with saying that Jesus' primary mission is to bring grace and truth. Grace upon grace. That term grace upon grace cannot just mean the absence of punishment upon the absence of punishment. And the reason it cannot mean that, because it's not just that. Grace is far more than just unmerited favor. Grace is far more than just the absence of punishment. Grace is much, much more than the fact that we were deserving of death and we were caught in our sins and Jesus took that punishment upon himself. Grace is about the favor, the goodness, the blessings, the power, the glory of God. Grace is Jesus Christ incarnate in the flesh, bringing the fullness of God to humanity. Grace and truth. 
And you see this in so many of the scriptures. I, I, I would encourage you, just look up uh, scriptures on grace. Just even after this uh, show, just search any scriptures on grace. See how uh, when Paul greets the churches, he often says, you know, grace and peace to you. And he's not just saying, uh, you know, um, unmerited favor to you or uh, absence of punishment to you. He's saying grace in the term of the favor of God, may it be upon you. The goodness of God, may it be upon you. The kindness of God, the pleasure of God, may you have it in full measure. And we need to have this understanding of grace because if grace is just seen as the absence of punishment, it immediately makes us think of our sins. But if grace is about the favor, the goodness, the pleasure, the glory, the power, the fullness of God, then it makes us think about much more than that. I'd like you, as you go into this holiday season, to think of the grace of God, the fullness of God, that God desires to give you grace. And grace is not just, well, you know, you messed up, so I'm going to give you grace. Grace is favor. Jesus came to bring us favor. In fact, he started his ministry with what? This is the year of the Lord's favor, the year of the Lord's blessing. He's come to bless you, to strengthen you, to encourage you. We are people who have received the favor, the goodness, the kindness, the glory of God, and we can now extend that grace to others. Grace strengthens us. Grace, excuse me, grace encourages us. Grace is something we should meditate upon. We should be excited. When someone says, you know what, you need more grace, that's not something that should make us think, yeah, because I'm such a lousy husband and I'm such a lousy spouse or wife. I'm such, you know, I'm such a bad grace isn't boy. I sure need grace when I enter into this Thanksgiving weekend or when I enter into this holiday because I sure make a lot of mistakes. That's that's not what grace is being expressed for. More grace is, man, you just need more of the favor and the power and the glory and the pleasure and the goodness of God to permeate your being. In fact, that's the usage there when we say, let's say grace over our mill. Let's bless this mill. You need the blessings of God to be present in your life. Grace upon grace. Jesus Christ did not come just to bring truth, but truth and grace. Grace upon grace. I just want to encourage you right now. This I just told you I'd do just a very short excuse me, a short podcast today. Do you need grace? When I say that, right, do you need grace? What's the first thing you think of? It's like, yeah, man, I need grace. I'm just not doing what I should be doing. Isn't it amazing how that word has been so limited and cheapened? You know, I could just hook people up to lie detectors. And when I say the words, do you need grace? And if I asked you, what are you thinking of? I don't know why I need to hook you up to a lie detector. I hope you wouldn't lie to me, but you know what I mean? You just think in terms of, yeah, I need grace. I'm, you know, I just not doing what I'm supposed to do. That is not the full expression of the word. It doesn't begin to express the word of grace. If I say, do you need grace? It should be, not only do I need grace, I want grace. And I don't just want grace after I, we even only think about, we only think about grace after we've done something wrong. 
Sometimes we only talk about grace. We talk about grace with our kids after they've had a fight or after there's been a conflict or after, you know, they've been caught, you know, doing something inappropriate or breaking a rule in the family. We talk about grace and forgiveness. Grace is more than forgiveness. Grace is favor. Grace is something we should talk about on our best days. Grace should be like, ah, you know, this has been a wonderful day. You know what? I want to talk about God's grace. You know how we've just enjoyed this day, and it's been a day of favor, a day of pleasure, a day of goodness. That is God's grace. God wants to just give his pleasure and goodness and kindness to us. Paul talked about his weakness, right? He said, you know, he had a, had a thorn in the flesh, and he pleaded with God to remove that thorn. But God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In that context, he defines grace as power, like, I have a grace for you when you're weak. I have a provision of my goodness when you're weak. Even this thorn in the flesh that you've pleaded to be removed from you, this messenger from Satan, this trial, this struggle you're dealing with, I have grace, a power that can be made perfect in your weakness so that when you're weak, you'll be strong in him. My prayer for you right now is for you to grow in the knowledge of God's grace, to be open to grace. I think some of you aren't even open to grace because grace has been so attached to the ideas of your failures and your failings. I'd love for that word just to open up to you. This holiday season, this Thanksgiving, this Christmas, every day to wake up and say, I, I want more of God's grace. And, and just say it, maybe write it on the wall, like I, more of God's grace, grace upon grace. Wouldn't that be a great greeting uh, for, you, for your spouse, for your kids, uh, for your family, for yourself? Grace upon grace, more of the favor, the goodness, the pleasure, the power the kingdom of God. And when you get right down to it, what am I describing? Jesus. More of Jesus. And Jesus is more than God removing punishment. Jesus is love, and Jesus is light, and Jesus is life. And that's the problem with defining grace by only the removal of punishment, that that's what Jesus becomes, just the the God that removes punishment. Jesus is far more than that. Jesus is the fullness of God in bodily form. Do you need grace? Yes, always, forever, amen. And we'll have grace in heaven because because grace isn't about the removal of sins. We won't be sinning in heaven, but we'll still have grace in heaven because we'll have the favor and the pleasure of God extended to us. Do you need grace today? Yes, I'd like you to hold on to that. I'd like the Lord to give you a new understanding of grace. Some of you say, Doug, I already have this understanding. Well, praise God, share that with others because there's people around you who have a cheap understanding of grace, a limited understanding of grace. People even do that. We don't want cheap grace, grace that gets people off the hook. And again, they're defining grace by punishment. Grace is the favor of God, the goodness of God. Yes, grace and truth. I bring the truth but the favor and the goodness of God. Does does grace include that God deals with our sins and and that he makes us white as snow? Does it deal with forgiveness? 
Does it deal with all that others? You bet, but it's far more. It's so much more. So let me pray with you. I just said, I'm just going to do a short message today, and it is a message, a little sermon here today. Um, I just want to encourage you. Thanks for listening today. Please share this podcast with other people. I, I Get the word out. I'm, I'm trying to share my heart here. Uh, my, my goal is to encourage people. But here's the deal. I want to pray with you. Father God, would you open up in the hearts of every person listening a greater understanding of the full measure of your grace? I ask that you would open our eyes, you'd open our hearts, you'd open our understanding to a fuller measure of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to give you some homework. Look up the word grace in the scripture. Just look it up. And then see grace in this new context. And what you'll find is the way I've been talking to you about it is much more, it makes much more sense in how it's used in the scripture than just seeing it as the absence of punishment. Just look it up. Just start looking up grace. Do a word study of your own. And you'll see how grace means so much more than just, well, I'm not going to, you know, I guess I'm not going to yell at you because I got to give you grace. (laughs) That's not grace. Grace is so much more. Okay, thank you for listening. Hey, I'd love for you to go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org. You can follow me on Twitter, at fairlyspiritual is my handle. Uh, Please pick up my new book. It's called The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. You can get that at Amazon. I would say it's a great stocking stuffer, but it's not because no one wants a book in their stocking, but it is a good book to read. You can get that at Amazon. Hey, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. This song is written by my brother, Dan Bursch. Give him some love by downloading it at iTunes. I'll see you next time. They say that I cannot do what you've called me to. It is not possible, unattainable. I will never see it through, but you've spoken by your word, your Holy Spirit's leading me, you are my only one, you're the only one worth living for, so I'm My dreams with you